Welcome to the School Counseling in Nebraska podcast. My name is Lonnie Watson, and I will be joined by a colleague and a great school counseling friend, Jake Willems. This show is produced by the Nebraska School Counselor Association. We look forward to you following along as we discuss, question, and dive into all that the world of school counseling has to offer. Thanks for listening. I'm going to go ahead and read two American School Counselors Association ask a position statements before we start this episode. The first position statement I want to read, and remember you can access these on schoolcounselor.org, the school counselor and the LGBTQ plus youth. This is the position statement I want to start with. The ask a position states, school counselors promote equal opportunity and respect for students regardless of sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression. School counselors recognize the school experience can be significantly more difficult for students with marginalized identities. School counselors work to eliminate barriers impeding LGBTQ student development and achievement. And the rationale as we know it, despite widespread efforts for these students, they continue to face challenges that threaten their academic and social emotional development in schools. Students report feeling unsafe in school due to their sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression, and report experiencing homophobic remarks, harassment, and bullying. LGBTQ plus individuals often face multiple risk factors that may place them at greater risk for suicidal behaviors. The second position statement I want to read is the school counselor and transgender and non-binary youth. The ASCA position states, school counselors work to safeguard the well-being of transgender and non-binary youth. School counselors recognize all students have the right to be treated equally and fairly with dignity, respect as unique individuals, free from discrimination, harassment and bullying based on their gender identity and gender expression. I'm thrilled to introduce my guest today, Katherine Jones Hazeldine, PhD. Katherine Jones Hazeldine, or Dr. Kate, as most of her clients know her, is a licensed psychologist who specializes in working with children, adolescents, and families, but is also trained to work with adults and couples. She was trained at the University of Chicago and the University of Nebraska-Lincoln and worked as an assistant professor with the Monroe Meyer Institute at the University of Nebraska Medical Center for seven years prior to leaving to start Western Nebraska Behavioral Health. In addition to individual family and group therapy, Dr. Jones Hazeldine, Dr. Kate, frequently does presentations and trainings on a variety of topics. As a native of rural Nebraska herself, Dr. Kate understands the specific challenges and concerns that rural residents have and is committed to finding workable solutions. Thanks for joining us today. Dr. Kate is a rock star, and I hope you find something in this episode that you can take to your schools and help your students with. Dr. Kate, the woman, the myth, the legend, again, um, I am super excited to have this second conversation with you um, on on a different time to talk about something that I constantly seek supervision for in working with you, and I know you're passionate about, and so am I, is supporting our LGBTQIA plus students in our schools. Yes. Um, do you mind just talking a little bit about your experience working um, with 
I mean, it could be obviously like youth and adolescence is probably where we're mainly focused in this podcast, but just in general, the community. Yeah. So again, you know, uh, we had talked last time about uh, sort of our role working and collaborating with and partnering with schools. Um, and then a variety of activities that I do kind of outside of even that school setting. We run a camp in the summer for high school students who are interested in exploring behavioral health careers. And so we've been doing that for about a decade now. And um, so we collaborate with, uh, with, schools, but we also work really intensely with young people. And in the course of doing that over the last, you know, 18 years out here, um, it has really come to my attention. You know, we don't always think about our um, small rural communities as, as having a, a, a large degree of LGBTQIA plus uh, folks, but we absolutely do. Like we have those folks in the same kinds of general percentages um, as, as anywhere else. Um, but our environments have not always been kind of wholly supportive. Um, and so over the last few years, I think we have started to see more, especially um, kids and adolescents start to be more comfortable um, identifying who they really are in way in more public ways. And so I think it has become more of, uh, of an issue for us as folks who work in the schools and navigating that and navigating that with families because kids are being more open. They are being more open. And um, I I worry about them. I worry about our students and, and having people who are advocates for them. I worry about our transgender and our non-binary and gender expansive students right now in the world we live in. Um, I referenced the last time um, a radio show that you did and uh, of a local, uh, a local radio program. And it was right after the Gordon Rushville's not the schools, but they showed um, the the mind polluters film, and the way that radio local radio host talked about our transgender, non-binary, gender expansive students. They talked about our LGBTQIA plus students. It really terrified me, and it just made me realize um, just exactly what Aska says. Despite widespread efforts, these students continue to face challenges that threaten their academic or social emotional development in schools. Yes, yes, they do. And and I agree. I mean, I was I was there in that moment and I still couldn't believe what was being said. Um, and uh, and it was heartbreaking um, for me to hear it. And my my impulse immediately after was to post something out there to counter that, to post something to reach out to our young people and say, you know, we support you. Um, we're here with you because I feel like that is hearing those messages is so damaging um, to our kids um, who are who are marginalized anyway, who are isolated anyway. And then to hear uh, on a public forum like that, um, that they are perverted, that they are mentally ill. Uh, oh, heartbreaking. So they're at school counselors across the state. I feel like we're at all of us are at such different levels, right? I work with colleagues who are absolute rock stars who had advocacy groups, um, clubs in their school. I mean, they're just just rock star. They're at, at the highest degree of being allies and supporting their student. And then there's a lot of um, school counselors who are just getting started, right? Um, they're even scared to put uh, fearful for their own jobs or people coming at them for putting ally stickers in their windows or starting anything to do with di diversity or inclusion. Um, what's your advice for those 
who feel like their job or their individual person could be threatened by supporting and advocating for these students, which is it's the right thing for us to do. Oh, gosh, that's so hard, Ronnie. I, I really, really feel so, so strongly for our school personnel kind of across the board. It's just such a hard time uh, to be in education in any way. But but around these uh, hot button issues, especially because really, you know, when you post an ally sticker, when you post a safe place sticker, um, all you are saying is literally that like you are accepted here. Um, it isn't, I'm going to teach you how to be gay. Right. It isn't, I'm going to, you know, groom you into the LGBTQIA plus community. It is literally saying you're accepted. Um, and what we know, and I say this all the time, I try to remind people of this all the time is that, is that our LGBTQIA population is so at risk. Like these are kids who are at so much higher risk for depression and self-injury and suicide. And we also know that we can reduce that risk and that it is that acceptance and it is that validation um, that, that makes the biggest difference in reducing that risk. So again, um, it seems like a no brainer. Like if you can provide a safe place and you can reduce the risk that these kids will harm themselves, um, why would we not do that? So you ask for advice and that's hard because individual school systems will either support or not support staff sometimes. Uh, and that has to do with, I'm sure the pressures that those school systems are under. Um, so I think some of it comes down to us as communities of people and what message we want our public schools to have um, and what kind of inclusivity we want to to be in our community and 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 so i think some of it's on us too outside here to go to our school board meetings and to and to speak up about you know what kind of school we want to have absolutely do you see in working um with youth in um your practice do you do you see that our lgbtqia plus students um are suffering high levels of depression um, adolescent stage younger? Is it, is it starting earlier than that? Well, I, I think it, you know, it's so dependent, um, on what kind of protective factors kids have. And so I think schools can be really tough environments. Um, I think, you know, larger communities sometimes can send really tough messages, but a lot of it depends on what the environment is at home too, and how accepted kids feel. I think, I think the hardest part is that um, very often there are settings uh, for one reason or another where kids don't feel they have acceptance in one setting. And if they have acceptance in another, it can do a lot to kind of protect them from the from the negative impacts. Um, but I, I have kids who have said to me, um, you know, if my family knew who I really am, I would not be accepted in my house. Oh, my gosh. Like and again, what a heartbreaking thought, like as a parent, as a clinician, as a school counselor, to think that, imagine going through the tough time of adolescence or childhood anyway, <laughs> but with that kind of extra pressure, like I, people won't love me if they knew who I was. And so, so that's why I think it's so important for school environments to be accepting, um, to be able to provide that balance also for our kids. Yeah, the ask I'm just reading right off again, the website and the school counselor's role is like what what an advocate a school counselor can play in the role of an adolescent's life of just like you are enough as you are. I mean, 
we realize these issues can can affect healthy student development, as Aska says, psychological well-being, and advocate for conditions protecting them in our schools. Uh, students students report lower levels of verbal and physical harassment. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine when they have a, one supportive adult in school. So I just want to say for all school counselors, wherever they're at in their school and their community on on their advocacy and being able to support students that it's just, it's super important um, that we talk about this and we, we can talk openly. Um, I've had school counselors across the state reach out to me and say, gosh, I really want to present on this. I I'm really want to advocate on this, but I, I'm fearful for what, if my administration finds out and that just breaks my heart. And um, I just want school counselors to know we're here to support them in that. And um, they should be able to speak out on that and support students in that way. Absolutely, and and because that's that's your mission, just as it's as as it's our mission, is that ultimately, those students are your clients, right? Mm -hmm. Those students are your population of care, and and again, it's it's clear um, the role that accepting environments play in the mental health of those students. It's not uh, it's not in question. So I feel like the Mind Polluters film, and I haven't watched it, but it seems to be something that grassroots groups are kind of clinging hold to a little bit. And there seems to be a lot of fear and misinformation on, especially like our transgender population. Um, I know you talked to a certain radio host about misinformation about um, that being in the DSM or that being right. a mental a mental health condition. Um, will you talk a little bit about, I feel like there's a lot of misinformation around um, yeah. that topic. Yeah. And so um, there, I think there really is. And, and a lot of it comes down to kind of even a misunderstanding of the diagnostic categories and what they're referring to. So um, so as as most of us know, you know, many years ago, unfortunately, um, homosexuality was was in the DSM. Um, and there is actually a really great documentary documentary called Cured, which is about the process um, that um, advocacy groups uh, went through with support of like the research and the science to get that changed back in the 70s. Um, so that has not been uh, a diagnosable sort of mental illness or conceptualized in that way for a really long time. Um, there is a there is a category um, that is uh, gender uh, dysphoria, um, which so the misunderstanding is that it means that anyone who is uh, transgender or gender fluid then therefore is experiencing gender dysphoria and therefore they're mentally ill. But it but the DSM is actually very clear that gender dysphoria um, refers specifically to the intensity of. Um, emotional reaction and the disruption of that that is caused by the mismatch between a person's uh, self-recognized gender and their external environment, sort of. So, it, and it is very clear, the DSM is very clear that not everyone who um, identifies as transgender or gender fluid um, is experiencing gender dysphoria, right? It's just, it's a way of recognizing the emotional impact when it is uh, a highly intense conflict. So if you have a student who um, identifies as transgender and that comes into conflict with everything in their community and everything in their family, and it leads to a high level of distress, you might recognize that that student and you might document that that student is experiencing gender dysphoria, but it's not because they're transgender. <laughs> it's because they're transgender and 
their environment is not accepting of that. And so it's creating this level of dysfunction for them. So I, I don't know why I got to thinking about this. I think it was because I was venting about this to a friend the other day. Don't you think, I just thinking about all of our students, our LGBTQIA plus population and, and students that, that are not in those groups. Um, don't you think we have a lot of archaic, I just even think about having to have a date for prom and homecoming king and queen. Like there's just a lot of things we do in school that puts a lot of pressure on kids, um, social structure things that just feel icky to me. Yeah. And I just, sometimes I think about our different populations of students and, and why we still carry on these traditions that just seem pointless and confusing to students. And I think, you know, I, I, I think you probably experienced this too, which is that um, our student population is so much more knowledgeable and comfortable with the fluidity of these issues than we are, yes. <laughs> than any of us are, right? Like this is the world that they're living in for the most part. And so mostly they, they tend to have an understanding and to navigate that and to recognize what's archaic and what doesn't fit anymore um, than, than we do who are kind of running the show. Absolutely. No, they're so good. And, and I, I noticed that too with teachers and with students. Um, students don't seem to mind. They don't seem to, to mind if a student's not comfortable with, with a name or a pronoun and they're just ask. They just clearly ask where sometimes the teachers are the ones who seem a little bit uh, more cautious or fearful that this is a fad or something passing or something. Um, and I just, I, I don't know if you have any, any advice for us in, in how to work through that with students, but I mean, honoring a student where they're at with what they want seems pretty darn acceptable to me. It really does. It seems like such a small thing. Yeah. Um, and, and, and not uh, it, that it shouldn't be a point of contention really. Like, um, you know, people will sometimes say, well, um, I don't believe in that. Why should I have to change the pronouns that I use for, for that person? And, and this is just about, this is just about recognizing each of our own ability to sort of identify who we are to each other. Like, you know, I'm identifying to you that I'm Kate and um, that I'm a, you know, th this is who I am. And you, we do this all the time throughout our life. And this is no different. We're, we're allowing these students to tell us who they are and we're accept accepting them as is. And you just wonder too, like how many of our generation, if we were accepted as is from a certain age, um, you know, how much happier lives everybody would, would be living. Um, yeah, I sometimes wonder too, when, when I get, um, kickback from parents and I don't often, I really don't like our, our community really, I feel like is very supporting of our school here in Chattern. And, um, when I do sense any fear or any discomfort, sometimes I go to a space of empathy and wonder like, what were you told growing up and how were you treated? And if this makes you feel uncomfortable to be accepting at this level, I kind of feel, I don't know if that's the right way to, to put it, but I try to find a space of empathy of like, gosh, darn it. Like, was there yeah. something that, that happened to you or a certain way you were talked to or treated that, that makes this a little bit uncomfortable for you? Lonnie, I think that's amazing. And, uh, and I think that's, 
you know, I think that's if we try to approach every situation we can like that, I think it's it's going these situations have have so much of a tendency to kind of polarize us and to put us uh, in us versus them kind of camps. And um, and we're not like we're not used to that, especially in our rural communities. We are a community and these are the issues that divide us. And trying to connect with what it is that makes parents fearful or what it is that makes parents feel so strongly about that, I think is huge. I'm so glad you approach it like that. <laughs> so last but not least, school counselors across the state, we're all at different levels. Um, maybe some of us are really um, interested in starting groups or clubs. Maybe some just need um, uh, just some help on how to speak to parents or teachers who might be uh, pushing back on who students want to take to prom or those kind of things. Uh, what are some good resources we can do some digging at or get some help with? So there are, um, so even in our, just in our state and then nationally there are, so the, the Trevor Project has some really great, great resources um, for schools and for parents and, um, and those are kind of across the board. They have publications and they have like video sorts of things. Um, in the state, um, I, I wish I knew um, more down at the eastern end of the state, but I do uh, know that there's uh, an organization called Out Nebraska um, and, and just very, I think a quick Google search and then, you know, a little bit of, of careful attending to <laughs> like to what, to what the agency is and what the organization is can really yield a, a variety of resources and a lot of support for our students. Okay. Last personal piece of advice here. I've got littles in my house and uh, my daughter was a theater queen this summer. And so she met a lot of other theater queens and we've had a lot of discussion about um, who people love and why those kind of things. And I've just been approaching it that love is love, baby girl. And we love all humans and all humans are allowed to love whoever they want. Do you have any advice for the, the parents of young students or our elementary um, school counselors? So this, this is where we, we come again to some of the points of conflict, like in social emotional learning and, and in sex education, which is that there's debate about like what we uh, allow students to know at what points in time, like, do we acknowledge that there are different sorts of families and that there are different kinds of couples and that people love in different ways. And, you know, my clinical opinion, of course, is of course we do. Right. Um, uh, and, and that very often we can be guided in how far we go into that by the questions that kids ask. Um, so if we just say something as simple as there are all different kinds of families and there are all different kinds of couples and it doesn't matter who you love as long as you love somebody. That's what we used to say at our house. Like it doesn't matter who you love as long as you love somebody. Um, that, that then kids will ask additional information as they need to know it and as they're ready for it. And then we can get deeper into what those, those concepts mean. Oh, I appreciate you so much, Dr. Kate. Thanks for being my uh, personal role model. And now um, my guinea pig to be a role model for the state of Nebraska <laughs> school counselors. Thanks, Lonnie. It's great to be here. Super appreciate everyone listening to the entire episode this week. We look forward to putting out more episodes and to help school counselors across our great state um, work with students and better have impact 
with their communities. Um, I just want to put a plug out for all counselors heading to the Nebraska School Counselors Association Academy. Um, Jake and I will both be doing some breakout sessions. Jake is going to host an amazing session titled Advocating for Diversity, Equity, Inclu Inclusion in Rural Schools. And I'll be talking a little bit more about social emotional learning. I'm going to host a session called Are the Kids All Right? Administering SEL Screeners and Check-ins in Schools. Uh, thanks for listening. We look forward to seeing you at Academy and uh, participating in the podcast so we can share ideas and better help each other across the state. Have a great one. Thank you.